Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack, and today joining me are Masters of Clockwork Fiction. I got tacos. Cool. And Master Dutaku. I don't have tacos. Ah, less cool. I do not either. Uh, but that's okay, because here today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about some of our, our gaming memories. We're all gamers here. It's a gaming channel, predominantly. And I figured, hey, you know, it would be fun if we stop and share some fun gaming memories that we associate with these different games and, and share some fun stories about us. And it will also be less us ragging on how much postmodernism is a cancer or how social media is a cancer. Instead, we'll be focusing predominantly on, on fun and interesting stories. And I have one important, very, very important piece of nerd news that everyone needs to know. Sure. Breath of Fire is getting re-released as a browser game. A very, very good series that everybody should play. Well, the first one is, as well as a few other Capcom games. No, it's funny well. that you say that when you've only ever played the third. I played a bit of the first. I haven't gone all the way through it. I'm uh, You should. The first um, four Breath of Fire games are fantastic. I'm currently, I think I'm sticking through a town or a city or a town right now or something like that. Oh, you're doing the stealth mission? Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> in the first hour of the game, dude. Get back to me when you clear up the dark dragons. <laughs> I still played some of it. This thing was going to be all of it or a little or, you know, a ton of it. I, I started. <laughs> that's fair. I haven't fair. even gotten the first key yet, man. That, 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 that's fair. Uh, you, I have to grind because I kept dying on like the first mobs. This game is it, It's balanced. a little unforgiving. It's, it's an early but, SNES RPG. It's, it's pretty unforgiving. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. All right. There's going to be a bit in the first dungeon where if you wait too long, you will die. So. But the game also legit tells you that, so it's yeah, not it's like, like it should hit you by surprise. And honestly, you might walk right by it and never know the difference. Honestly, so, I I didn't know. Nope that that was a, a ranger. The Lona Ranger told us about that. And uh, my bit of nerd news: the only thing I really have is Monster Hunter now came out, and it's way better than it has any right to be. I'm enjoying it immensely. It scratches that Monhun itch. Uh, it's good stuff. It got me to re. It got me to uh, re-download Monster Hunter World just because <laughs> I play it, and I'm like, you know, I could play this. I'm enjoying this, but I could also play this on my PC and yeah, have a little bit more depth to it. I need to get not saying it's world. bad. Not saying it's bad though. <clears throat> I do. I do feel like uh, it scratch the edge and kind of gets me in the groove because I have other friends uh, around that also play it as well that I've learned play Monster Hunter, so I'm playing with them. Yeah. on World now too. Cool. Need to get back to that. I'm in high rank, and I honestly, I honestly cannot play World. I, I'm going to try Rise, but like, on like the, the the sheer clown show around World's like release and the fact that like Sony just has this like iron grip on Japanese gaming to the point where they're like, no, you are going to release it on our console, and you're going you are going to enjoy it. Yes, Sony Summer. Yes, yes, we love you, Sony Summer. Yes, you are going to enjoy being a Sony exclusive. Which is funny, as I believe the PS5 presently boasts five unique games. So, I'm yeah. I'm over that at this point because honestly, Rise. Okay, unpopular opinion to start the, the episode off. Rise's World Zero Point Five. Um, it's still good, but like World is 
objectively better <laughs> by any metric you use. But, but Rise has a doggo. We it does. It does have doggo, and doggo is cute. I cannot deny the that. Fact that they actually like here. You you need to con- you need to you know customize your doggo. I'm like what? Yeah, not yeah, Cato my- and a doggo. Not just my little my my little pugum. My I mean yeah. my other pugum. <laughs> if anything, <clears throat> if anything, I would assume my gamer developer that I have no experience of ever developing a game. Uh, senses were tingling, going, This might be a little like kind of tech demo y kind of thing. Let's just take what we've made and let's um, let's add some new stuff to it and see how people take it. Then, when we release World 2 or something like that for the PC and for everything else, because apparently because the, the PC version was so well received, we could add these other features that people liked, check out the ones they don't, and make another big hit. Hopefully, that's the case. <laughs> That's that's kind of I mean that that basically is always the way that Monhan has been, and um, I mean honestly, uh, I mean if okay if we're talking about actual ner- nerd news, uh, Fate Samurai Remnant uh, released. I am still in the early bits of the game, but well, uh, I have I've gotten my you know birth anniversary just happened so. I've been kind of busy with other things. Um, but, yeah. Fate. It's good. Um, oh, although I've already had kind of a, a you know, how Koei Tecmo. <laughs> You're so Koei Tecmo. Because, and uh, this is, okay, just a little thing for those of you who play the game on Steam, like I did. Um, if you download it, then you're like, oh, it's going to be the EN version of the game. Uh, don't be surprised if it suddenly you realize that, you know, the game's text is all in katakana. Because for whatever reason, Koei Tecmo decided they were just going to allow, uh, basically, there just to be a universal version of the game. But it's going to default to the Japanese initially. So what you need to do is you need to actually go to Steam and you need to have it go, no, I want you to launch the EN version of the game. I mean, you it will be there, and I mean, it will do it, but you need to actually direct Steam to launch uh, the EN version, and, and that's how you do it. So yeah, That is yeah. good knowledge to have. Yeah, and don't don't be like me and go. Why is my game in Japan? Why is my Japanese game still in Japanese? <laughs> so why is my Japanese game about 17th century magicians fighting each other with ghosts? You know, still in Japanese. I I do not understand. Hmm. Well, uh, I think that's our nerd news segment for this week. So uh, let's uh, piggyback off that Monster Hunter bit. Because I have a Monster Hunter story about how I got into the series. Way back in the day, um, I had worked odd jobs before up to that point. And this is, this is going to date me. Anyway, uh, my first quote-unquote real job, my first real full-time non-seasonal job, uh, I was a manager at a retail store you probably know the store if you live in an English-speaking country, but I can't say which one, just out of respect. Uh, but I decided I was still living at home, and I said, I am 
not going to do anything mature or responsible with my first paycheck. I'm going to buy a toy and I'm going to get something fun because uh, that is how I'm going to do the first paycheck. And then I'll get serious about my finances and, and everything going forward. I got a Wii U. I was one of the, the five total Wii U sales on earth. I was about to say, I think Pro Jared <laughs> and Movie Bob got the other ones. <laughs> they got the other ones. Yeah. And so I was one of the five purchased Wii U's and I decided because I had seen Pro Jared's guide to monster hunter. And I was like, this looks really neat. I kind of want in on this. So I picked up Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. And I was really bad at it. It's like, it's a hard game to figure out when you have no idea what you're doing. You have very few resources. You don't really know what it is you're doing. So you don't know what you're doing wrong. So you don't know what questions to ask. So uh, it's me going out in the field. I'm like, oh, great sword. Yes, this is the yeah, kind of weapon it, I want. It also, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, let's be real. It, it, the fact that it defaults you to the great sword and. Well, it, so, it defaults you to sword and board, to be fair. Uh, it defaults yeah. you to sword and board, and I did a few missions with sword and board. But, but I mean, uh, you, you look at the great sword, it does not act like you think a great sword would. Yeah. It. it they, they, the, the great sword move set, especially early on, was more like the way you know the, the stereotypical Hollywood X is. It's like, not. It's how I expected the hammer should have behaved, yeah. not the great sword, because yeah. great swords were designed to kill a horse and its rider in one swing. So, mm -hmm. like this thing does not do that. So I'm going up against a great jaggy of all things. And I have no idea what I'm doing. My weapon feels weird. Everything is just slightly clunky. I'm getting juggled by this weird velociraptor looking thing. And it's 10 million little brothers. And I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? I, I, I have to just suck at this game or something. And, and I did, but a lot of that was a lack of knowledge. I didn't actually get good at monster hunter till a while later when four ultimate dropped and that was when the 3ds when nintendo actually had a good handle on how online should be handled because it wasn't as terrible as we online which was just incompetent and it's not like modern online where you're paying for something you're already paying an isp for pc remaster race forever online screw you uh, well, how can you say things that are so controversial and yet so true? <laughs> and so objectively true, yes. Uh, I will never pay for something I already own, including internet access. So, um, yeah, my Switch remains forever offline. And yet, weirdly enough, it still uh, allows you to download all those firmware updates that Nintendo wants us to have. And what an odd coinky dink. Anyway, the 3DS is an amazing handheld, and it deserves a rightful successor that it has yet to receive. And a certain Master Pugum was like, Snack, you should join us and hunt some monsters. And I said, yes, that would be super fun. And yeah, I was basically, I was peer pressured into, you know, <laughs> you are going to play this game with Bacon Bits and with Master Noodle. And, uh, well, that's where the Legend of a poem came in. Yep. But we'll talk about her later. Yep. And so I was really proud because I was finally figuring out the game. I was watching some guides online. I was figuring out how each of the mechanics worked. I was kind of putting the game together and I was like, okay, this is what I was doing wrong. And now I'm going to do so much better. And I did. 
I did, especially as four U's engine is generally just better than three U's was, um, just like objectively. <laughs> so I master the switch axe. I love the switch axe to this day. It's my go-to weapon, and I get the full set of Zamtrios armor. I am so proud of myself. I have this cool shark armor, and I have this cool like infinite combo I can do, and I'm doing pretty good. So I decided, yeah, I'm gonna throw in at these guys, and we're gonna, and they're like, we're gonna hunt a monster called the Zenoger. And if you guys already put together what I did wrong, then congratulations, you're huge nerds just like us. I get bodied <laughs> because my armor is super weak to lightning, and this lightning wolf just absolutely wrecks me. And it, it was a yeah. good lesson in how armors yeah, work. There's this particular move that uh, Zenogre does, whereupon it will um, it will jump at you and then flip around so that it slams its tail into you. And basically, what happened was is Snack, being the enterprising fellow that he is, got his hunter to avoid the initial slam, only to immediately stop and then get the like half ton wolf just drop on him. And I just go sliding across the ground going, guys, did anyone get the number of that truck? Yeah. Monster Hunter is really hard to figure out if you don't have a veteran friend with you to yeah. teach you some of the oh, ropes. Oh, oh, I mean, it's, hey, 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 you could have been like me. You could have had, you know, uh, you could have had a prodigy little brother and a veteran who go, you know what you need, Itako? You need Devil Joe armor. And I'm going, What's a devil Joe? And then I'm introduced to, you know, oh, look at the little the little T-Rex. He's so sweet. Wait, why is he so hungry? Why is he grabbing me? Ah, no. And of course, the legend of, hey, Titaku, mount it. You see, <laughs> I, I discovered the switch axe has this really handy attack. It's a big upward swing that has very, very, very long range. And in Monhun 4, well, mounting was introduced into the mechanics, one of the best mechanics ever added to the game. Please bring it back. Why does Rise not allow mounting? Why does Wyvern Riding suck so much? <clears throat> anyway, I discovered... Wait, you can't mount in Rise? You cannot mount. That's not a thing in what? Rise. You do a thing called Wyvern Riding... And you get on the monster and you make it run into rocks one time, and that's like all you can do. Maybe because they realized that in generations, mounting mounting was a little busted play. because aerial style let you just mount the monster infinity times. Yeah, it's like it, it just allowed you to just you know yeah just destroy the monster by you know okay, Mister Zamtrios, tell uh, show us on the doll where the hunter touched you everywhere. So. I realized, hey, mounting is a good tactic. You know what also is a good tactic is the fact that the longsword has really, really long reach. Now, I don't use longsword. It's not my weapon of choice. I can fight it with it competently, but I'm not great. But Ohm does. But Yutaku <laughs> does. So I'm like, hey, that monster's backside sure is exposed, Poem. So uh, let me give you a little encouragement as I would swat Ditaku's Huntress on the backside and send her careening through the air at her target, whether she asked so, for uh, it or not. Thus also began the legend of Poem Booty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Although, truthfully, I mean, um, 
being a booty hunter is basically just what you do as a long sword fighter. You, you, you are especially suited at um, fighting and uh, chopping off tails. Yep. So that's, that's just what you do. True facts. So um, another fun Mon Hunt story is I once tried to record Cognitaku and I trying to play World, and my potato is so crappy it looked like a PowerPoint presentation, so that video never went live. Which is unfortunate. That was a really fun set of uh, fights. It was. We actually did really well, especially as Cog was a total greenhorn at the time. But he actually held his own really well, and I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Way better Honestly, than I what did. we need to do is we need to do Tokiden or God Eater. Oh, yes. Especially given that I was hitting... <laughs> last time we played Tokiden, I was hitting really good with the rifle, so... And I'm sorry, so, just that, that was kind of my problem is like Tokiden is basically it's it's funny, it's like as much, you know, shade as I rag on Koei Tecmo, they basically did a hunting game where it's like, yeah, this is basically what I want out of Monhun. <laughs> yeah, it's never gonna happen because, you know, Capcom basically has the same problem that Nintendo does with uh or or rather Game Freak does. No, no, actually no, I, I said the right thing. Um Basically, uh, Nintendo does just in general, where they're like, I don't know, guys. I mean, we've been doing this same thing for 30 years. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, but quality of, of life improvements. So, since we're on Monster Hunter, uh, my first Monster Hunter was on this little device that no one remembers, or no one, or no, uh, no one remembers about, yes. Uh, the PSP. <laughs> I so played. Sorry. Monster Hunter Freedom. My first Monster Hunter game, I had no friend. I looked at the box and went, that has a dragon on it. That looks cool. Well, let's try to play that game. I had a sword and shield. I'm like, okay, cool. I like sword and shield. Let's let's see how this works out. out. Lo and behold, uh, did it take me too long to kind of get a gist of the game and how the mechanics work and everything? I did kind of start wondering why my sword would start bouncing off enemies at one point or another. I'm like, oh, I think I need to make sure my bar stays white or green. That's telling me that I have, uh, you know, my blade is, um, my blade is, uh, sharp. <laughs> you know what I, yeah. uh, that mechanic. But I think the funniest part of it is, um, I don't remember the monster's name. Uh, I remember upgrading my armor, and I remember I had a, I believe I had the type advantage for it, the uh, elemental advantage. Uh, it was a giant turtle, a giant volcanic turtle. And the mission had like 60, 70, 80 minutes. I don't remember the exact, uh, the exact, um, time frame. All I remember is I got to like five minutes and I finally killed it. And I was sitting there like mashing on him, mashing on him, hitting hidden parts that I know that, you know, I weren't bouncing off of his hide. I went through an entire stack of mini whetstones and regular whetstones. I went through an entire thing of first aid potions and regular potions and max potions. Find this dude, just fight, fight, fight. And I've got to like half HP of my own HP and I finally defeated him in like five minutes. And I'm sitting here like, wait, wasn't this mission like 70, 80 minutes long? Why did it take so long to die? <laughs> is this going to be all the monsters from here on out? This is crazy. <laughs> now, take no. it, it wasn't, he wasn't really strong. Like, it was just the amount of time, the amount of resources I had to use was because of how long I was in there and, you know, getting hit by certain little things here and there, catching fire and stuff like that. I think you catch, I believe you catch fire. It's been a while, but I just remember that fight taking so long. 
Um, and in hindsight, I might have not had the best gear for it. I think I don't know if I was like a tier or two down from it. it all I remember though is that I was at like a five minutes, and I'm like, am I not going to be able to finish this fight? Like, like I have been wailing on this thing and just wailing on it, but it went down finally, and I was like, cool. Now, if I ever need to farm its parts, hopefully, I can find something that doesn't take it seventy minutes to de- to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had one. The fir- I went back a while later and actually played through the story of three ultimate and I got to Cedius, the whale, uh, elder dragon. Holy crap. That fight is probably the one time I experienced legit fear in monster hunter because the entire time you're swimming down, there's this, uh, circular cavern. And you have to swim downwards, and your only air supply is a particular mask that the story mandates you unlock. And your your, your little shakalakas, your little assistants, uh, swim with you, and are your only air supply is, is calling them over, and the mask will generate air bubbles for you. And you're just going down, down, down into this thing's lair. And you have to. I'm already filled with anxiety. It, it I'm is, already filled with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a I'm an okay swimmer. I'm not like an amazing swimmer, but I can tread water fine. This was super nerve wracking. You're, you're you're going deeper and deeper, and it's like smashing rocks. It's like this, this thing has like long horns, like bull horns on a whale, and it's like smashing through these ruins and boulders, and I'm like. This is genuinely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fatalis is nothing. Dalamador is nothing. This thing is terror incarnate. So you have to chop its beard off, basically. And then you go into its den. And then the real fight starts. And it's an Elder Dragon, so you have a 50-minute timer. I actually ran out of time. Because this thing it has so much health. I had broken like every part of its body. I had smashed its horns off. And it was still going. <laughs> this thing just wouldn't die. That's when I learned that unlike other monsters, if you time out in a battle with an Elder Dragon and you go right back into the mission, it retains the damage it took in the previous fight. So I think it gets its stamina back, but it basically has the same HP. And so then I was able to clinch it. And I was just like, oh my God, I have to go back to finish this. <laughs> I don't want to do that again. Thankfully, like you, you skip the first part of it, but oh man, that was nerve wracking. That was, uh, that, that fight will stay with me forever because of how incredibly awesome it is. And I'll be honest, I miss that you you don't have CDS in modern games because that was the only third gen was the only game with swimming in it. And the CDS fight alone justified it. I know there's lots of ones that aren't that good, like Gobel and um, Nibble Snarf, but like CDS, man, that fight alone justified everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, but I also sound like I would also hate that fight to its core because I don't like deep water kind of mission stuff. Uh, I got Subnautica because I was just <laughs> like, this looks like a cool game. And they just got deeper and deeper. And I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. And then I realized, oh, this is a horror game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or at least for me, it is, at least. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, man. You are 100% um, correct. Uh, 
you know, I don't have a ton of Monster Hunter stories besides that one because that was the best one. Right. The scariest monster I think I ever fought before was uh, a Rathian because it was so much more aggressive or so much more aggressive. I think it's, I don't know if it was, but just the fact that its tail was poisonous and it felt like it ran faster. It was just more aggressive in general. Well, I'm just I, I'm just dodging everywhere and I'm like I can't swing. At this monster, I can't get. I can't find a opening in its def- in its attack for me to 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 even just slash it once or twice. I am just all my stamina is dodge, 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 survive, survive. Oh god! <laughs> no, I, I, um, I get that. And then, uh, I mean, Monster Hunter World was really fun. Nothing really. Um, that was. Uh, I've played other Monster Hunters. I played. There's one on the DS. Or the uh, the 3ds. I don't remember the name of it. I played with uh, Noodle and Otaku, um, and they pretty much helped me kind of run through and get armor. Same thing with Otaku is that hey, we need to fight these high rank monsters so you can get all this crazy armor stuff like that. And I'm like, but I'm not going to be able to do anything. And they're just like, no, don't worry, we'll do everything for you. And I'm like, oh, I guess. And that's where I kind of got my love. I think that's when the game when. The game started coming, or I think did what? When did the bow get introduced? The bow, one or was two. it world? It was the the bow weapon? The, That's no the, bow, the actual bow, not the bow gun. The bow, yeah, the bow was like in one or two. I don't remember being in freedom. I remember the light bow gun and the heavy bow gun. I don't remember if the actual hmm. Well, that's that's the extent of my Monster Hunter knowledge right there. I don't even know which weapons go into which game. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty confusing history, especially given that some games simply don't have certain weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, do, I, another hot take: uh, Frontier is is never going to be localized, and it shouldn't be localized because it's not that good of a game. Fight me. All I remember is that I I, I realized my love for ranged uh, ranged weapons though from that because I just really just used the light bow and heavy bow and just shot from afar and try to deflect status to help the teammate and ever, the teammates and stuff like that. I'm like, well, this is cool. If they know how to fight uh, close better than I do. Then I'll just um, I'll just put it to sleep or poison it or paralyze anything I can pretty much do to help. Pretty much. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Team based cooperation is an amazing thing. And mm-hmm. th- that that is you know, why we love games like Deep Rock or you know, beat 'em ups where we can cooperate and work together. Uh, stuff like that just naturally lends itself really, really well to great stories mm-hmm. and just uh, good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have much else on Monster Hunter. I was going to move on to uh, to Smash Brothers. Yeah. I have a couple of Smash Brothers stories. Yeah, let's do that. So um, we. Uh, Back in high school, we had a club called the Electronic Entertainment Club, where it was just it was just us. It was just us nerds, and we were just playing, playing Smash Brothers, playing Halo, uh, stuff like that. And I remember Smash so vividly <clears throat> because we had the one friend who his entire his entire game plan was Kirby, Taunt. So psychological warfare is what I'm hearing. Yes, he would. We would always play on the large stages, like the temple and stuff like that. Run to the corner of the stage and just taunt. <laughs> and then every time we would chase him, he would always be like, "Oh man, what are you doing? Chill, man, chill. Why are you attacking me? I'm not doing anything to you." 
That, you need to die. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 is uh, solid grounds to pummel someone mercilessly. <laughs> and then we had a lot of fun with Halo playing like our like five hundred times speed with shotguns and swords and stuff like that. Those were those old game modes. Uh, playing those were always really fun. Um, <clears throat> my greatest Smash uh, memory that I remember is uh, when Brawl was coming out. That was one of my first ever uh, midnight release games because I'm like this game. Me and my friends play this play Smash all the time. The, all the characters coming out of this game, we need, we have to get this game and play it at midnight. So we go out. <clears throat> we go out. It's mid. It's uh, like eleven fifty. Uh, we're making like a te- like a like a four or five mile trek back because the buses. Uh, the bus that was like the last bus of the night. Um, we get it, and it was funny because around like eleven forty-five, the the police show up at the store, and they're asking us what we're doing. We're like, we're waiting for the midnight release for Smash Brothers, others, because we were only because it was a small town. There wasn't a lot of people around, and they took a look at the time, like, oh yeah, I guess you guys are good looking. Game, okay, cool. And they just left. <laughs> uh, a bunch more people arrived. The GameStop people arrived. <clears throat> and we like uh was one of the first people to get the game. There was no bonuses or anything, but they did have uh you know people playing the game or a couple of console setups so people can play the game while they wait and everything. And I remember I was playing Link and I was one of the first people to grab the Smash Ball playing and I got two people in the attack. Yeah, I can did the combo now. All I remember here was like, oh my god, he did the smash attack. <laughs> That game, by the way, is really, really fun. Um, unfortunately, from what I've heard, they don't—they've never wanted to do a story mode like that again, because Nintendo—I believe it was the team themselves, the devs themselves. Nintendo had a part of it in it too, but the team mainly did not like the fact that people kept leaking all of the yeah, uh, story was, content online. Yeah, the, the Sakurai in particular <laughs> got particularly salty. Like, oh my god, they're going to spoil the story anyway, and I'm like. That's every game ever. You're not special just because Kirby games don't actually have stories. So there's nothing to spoil apart from the cute new character who shows up is almost certainly some kind of eldritch abomination. Cause that's always how the Kirby games go. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, the Kirby games are fun, but Sakurai, <laughs> maybe they should not ask Sakurai to, uh, do the next smash whenever that is because honestly it seems like he's just hates his life and wants free of it i don't know about that part <laughs> like the thing is like that's the thing like subspace emissary was one of the coolest features specifically because you could work together now smash ultimate lets you do two player co-op in most of the main modes which is a huge step in the right direction especially because i think a more co-op focus could only help uh, Dutaku and I played through almost the totality of all the classic campaigns in co-op mode because it's way more fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. So th- that was really fun. And one of our best duos, uh, I did the Wii Fit Trainer and he did uh, Bayonetta. And like every enemy we were up against was basically a Shota of some stripe. And I'm like, the, the, Nintendo knows. They know what they're doing. <laughs> this, <laughs> this cannot be accidental is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
It's not. It's not a. It's not a, a, a coincidence that I believe there was an article recently that they had to ban uh, Minecraft Steve from tournaments because he has a chance of his hit of his hits done being shorter than everybody else's on certain attacks, allowing him to actually attack through uh, some people's combo strings, and it actually makes him like infinitely powerful. <laughs> that is. I don't know if they, me. I don't know if they actually fix that or if that's a hundred percent true because i that's like the first time one of the only times i've heard about it right about it but apparently it was an actual thing and i was apparently it was supposed to be a thing and i was like gosh that's insane <laughs> that, knowing from what i know of fighting games that's insane actually that's hysterical <laughs> to me i'm not gonna lie um, um and my i'll just say and my most prominent is my most prominent memory is i was also in high school uh, i was in uh, the rotc class and on our last second i think the second last or last day we were kind of everyone was kind of chilling and uh, someone brought in a GameCube with, uh, or a Wii with uh, Smash uh, Brawl on it. And I remember that uh, when we were all playing, and I was like, oh my gosh, Clockwork's so good. It's like, dude, I bet you can't beat all of us together. And I'm like, I probably could, to be honest, but you want to try it out? Let's try it out. I played Chrome at the time uh, because I was like, well, I'm going to need big attacks or I'm attacking everybody. Chrome was not in I, Brawl. Do you mean Ike? Ike, thank you. Sorry, not Chrome. Like Chrom yes, wasn't I, in until Ultimate. So sorry, sorry. I, I get them mixed. I think aren't they like the same move set? Am I crazy? Mm, they're similar. I think Chrom's move is was it Ike's? It's like everyone's either a derivative of Marth or Ike now. Now that they've actually well, like, it was a. Uh, if I remember, because Ike had the, the 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 bigger sword that didn't fight, because Marth and Roy fought with like the the the, the rapier and the sword. Sword and then Ike and Krom, if I remember, had the bigger swords that did the big, like the really strong big attacks. And everything yeah, like that, that sounds right. <clears throat> Someone yeah, I was correct us in the comments if we're wrong. Uh, I was playing Ike, and I remember I almost literally like we played with four stocks, uh, uh, four stocks with items. That's because we were going to play with items anyway. As right. we're not all like we're all. I'm not playing. We're not playing some kind of tournament in the in the classroom. <laughs> and I almost four stocked them all. They actually got me down at the last of their stock, but I almost four stocked all of them um, at the same time. Now, and, and I was just like, "Hmm, I see." <laughs> yeah, like there was actually I had kind of the reverse happen once. Um, I was at a friend's house. I think we were just doing a general get together kind of thing, and we were just we were just playing for fun. But one guy claimed that he had won tournaments and he knew all the strats and he knew. Like everything there was to know about Smash. And we were just like, yeah, all right. He refused to fight in any conditions other than one on one with items turned off. And I'm like, okay, so you're a no fun haver. Okay. Like you are literally, you are literally the person that everyone hates, but you don't seem to be aware that everyone hates them. So cool. So I played Link, who at the time was my main and still kind of is, though honestly, I'm better with Chrom nowadays. Um, And we, we we go and he's like, oh well, if you're playing Link, I'll play Peach. She's the perfect counter. <laughs> I freaking just schooled him. Like it was no contest. The 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 guy was either messing around a whole bunch or was like, I don't know, maybe he was being ironic about the whole thing. But like, I destroyed him. And he's just like, oh well, you're you're, you're pretty good. You could be in the tournament scene. I'm like, no. <laughs> No, I couldn't, because I don't hate myself, and I refuse to turn <laughs> my video games into algebra homework. 
Uh, actually, so, no, that, that reminds me of a, another fun story. If I can go on a tangent here, uh, I just wanted to say I just sure. want to point. I'll put a little a uh, little marking. I had I did do two uh, game uh, one two tournaments for Smash Brothers. Uh, one in or three, sorry. One in high school. One was a high school one. One and two were in a, a GameStop and a EB Games, I think. Right. All of them I didn't place at all because all of all, everybody who plays that game is <laughs> vastly insane, and to just rat to people you play with, uh, play for fun and stuff like that. That to be honest, I think I won once or twice in, in two of those, but then like one person came in and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've done professional tournaments before." Like, okay, cool. Well, we already know who's going to win. Yeah. And so <laughs> at that point, at that point, it's like you have turned the game into algebra homework. Congratulations, you you, you are want, a no fun haver. And I do like playing, you know, Fox only Final Destination style, not like that in particular. But I don't mind playing, you know, no items for stock. You know, if you like, if you're looking for a more serious competitive game, game and you, um, and you, but I also the fact that matter, like, okay, cool, we played a couple rounds. Let's throw on, let's throw on some items and let's play, try the stage out and see how high we can get our our numbers at. And they're like, see, okay, cool, let's do that. The <laughs> uh, Daco had to step away. Everyone in the comments section who was wondering where he went. Uh, he had to step away for other unrelated reasons, but because he is not here, I have to say this in his stead, which is um, you Smash Kitties either need to get a new game or learn to relax, because it's a party fighter that was never meant to be tournament ready. The game is jank, the characters are jank, the items are jank, the, uh, everything is jank, but that's the point. L- learn to actually have a sense of humor about yourselves. So, uh, funny enough, I'm going to put a little, because uh, I know you want to go on a tangent, but I apologize, but I have to keep adding, I had to keep adding a little uh, uh, cliff notes to this too. Sure. What is, is uh, they, as I remember in, when they went from Melee to Brawl, when they added the tripping mechanic was like that, <laughs> that caused everybody to go berserk. So much. It's like, stuff. how could you, how could you add this random thing and do this and do that? And I'm just like, they ban, ter- they are banning smash in tournaments and they're doing this. They're trying their hardest to get people to not play this game aim online, like, like, and play it as a tournament fire. They want to keep it a party game. And, but the, the community itself has caused it to become what it is. Now I am a firm believer of the community makes what they want. Whether the company likes it or not, they're going to find a way, which is why you have like three different iterations of mods that turn Smash Melee into a more competitive fighter than other people have, uh, that I think was intended. Um, and, you know, I always say good on you. Go for it. Uh, if you uh, go for it and then they made ultimate which doesn't have that mechanic and i was like okay i feel like they're kind of giving in in a sense because they're doing the online and they're Smash doing four didn't during do the this- tripping thing either but am i the only one who remembers that game because smash four was actually well the 3ds version was like the definitive edition but like yeah well, let's talk about well, yes for just a second because yeah. like the 3ds <clears throat> version had smash run which was actually fun the the wii u version had this stupid board game that was like the opposite of fun i do not know what nintendo thought they were doing with that one i do have the one on the 3ds i just i skipped my it skips my mind though because i don't play on my you know i don't play on the handhelds much anymore because right. you don't need them because the switch is now a handheld there's no support <laughs> for them yeah <clears throat> um, but to, to finish off what I was saying is that uh, I is called whether you believe it to be a competitive fighter or a party game, it is kind of they've kind of built it for both depending on what you do do. And if you don't like the other, then you could always play the other, as in my opinion. But, That's fair. 
But <laughs> no, that, that's fair. No, that, I mean, you raise a good point. Um, speaking of competitive scenes, uh, I entered a Monster Rancher tournament last year. Uh, I remember this. Yeah, it was the only time. Like, here's the thing: I had played Monster Rancher against like Cog and Dutaku, and it's always just very low stakes, very fun. Uh, Mr. Moosebones, a big Monster Rancher YouTuber, held a tournament, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to enter. What the heck? So I took Kit. Kit was my uh, Durahan slash Arrowhead. And I made him in the wake of finishing the Monster Rancher 2 LP. He was the child of uh, Rock Lobster, my arrowhead that I started that Let's Play with. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my best. And Kit dominated. He was insanely powerful. He just rocked people's faces. And then uh, he was basically frozen after having attained champion status. And I didn't really know what to do with him. This tournament rolls around and I'm like, aha, I have found what to do with him. So I fused him with a B-Clon. So he was a Durahan slash B-Clon, who, who looks super cool, by the way. And I was like, okay, this is the monster I'm going to raise. And it's not meta. <laughs> it's not meta at all. Because like the most meta monster in Monster Rancher 2 is usually Metalner. And it's such a huge divide that in most tournaments, Metalners are banned. <laughs> because it would just be a tournament of nothing but Metalners. Uh, geez. So I raise this as best I can. And honestly, I do kind of a slapdash job. It's not the best monster I've ever made, but it's a good monster. It, it, it has a chance of a little bit of luck on its side. Maybe it'll win a few rounds. I don't really suspect it would win the whole tournament. Uh, I got knocked out in the first round. <laughs> uh, every fight, I think the way it worked was every fight was best two of three. And then there was a bracket where after you lost one round, you could fight again to get back into the bracket. He lost. <laughs> I lost resoundingly. And he, like during the first match, he showed up really early in that stream. And if I can find the date for it, I'll, I'll put a timestamp and a thing, a link in the comment section if anyone wants to see it. So Gatak, my, my Durahan, uh, fought in this tournament and... He, uh, Mr. Moosebones is like, oh, like he has a lot of attacks, like including attacks that are no good. Did you think about filtering them? And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently, the thing I got to learn that day was in competitive Monster Rancher, it's super common for not only people to use guides to be a little more thorough in how they raise their monster. I was very freeform. Uh, they go out of their way to avoid learning some attacks because all tournaments are handled CPU versus CPU. I'm used to piloting my monster, which is a very different way to play the game. <laughs> so if I get a useless attack, I just don't use the attack. But the CPU is dumb and doesn't know that. So yeah, he basically lost because he had too many attacks and some of them were just garbage attacks and didn't do him any good. So uh, that was that is the totality of my interest in competitive Monster Rancher. And some people have asked, like, will you ever host your own Monster Rancher tournament? Probably not, I'll be honest. Um, I don't really have anything that I can post as a prizes. Um, and uh, more than that... It just it's not that interesting to me, guys. I prefer to play the game as a, a PvE experience. And uh, I don't ever... If I ever start playing Monster Rancher, like I'm just crunching numbers and doing math homework, 
just shoot me. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. <laughs> I don't want to ever. I know, like, I know some optimal things. I mean, feed your monster more expensive meals, generally the better way to go. You know, don't let your monster get tired because that lowers lifespan. I know that stuff, but I'm not going to tell you the exact fatigue values or how much rest restores in Monster Rancher 2 because nobody knows how much rest restores in Monster Rancher 2. It is black magic. <laughs> no, seriously, it is. It's really weird. Um, I'm not I'm not a tournament player and I jokingly hold a disdain for those that are it's it's not a real thing. I don't actually hate them. Um but it's it's just kind of a meme at this point. Uh so I hope it, I hope people at home if you are a tournament player and you hear me like smack talking tournament players, it's all in good fun. I don't mean anything by it. Uh Speaking of tournament fighting, uh, <laughs> um, a tournament that I did win back in the day was for Mortal Kombat 9. I am a one-time GameStop champion for Mortal Kombat 9. <laughs> nice. Well, did you get anything for uh, that? So I'm, I'm going to tell the story. All right. All right <laughs> so, I, so Midnight Release, another one, one of the other Midnight Release I went to for Mortal Kombat 9. Right. Uh, my buddy, I'll name him Neo. Uh, that's what he usually goes by. Or Neo Owen. Okay. Uh, he is caught. We're we're at the GameStop. Uh, we are playing. It's caught. We're you know they say we're gonna have a little tournament to play the game. We've been practicing on the demo because they're using the demo version for the tournament. He was playing Raiden. I was playing Melina. One of the only one of the one of two Melinas in the tournament. <laughs> okay. There's only one other person playing her. Uh, we get to the last round. Um, and I, it's got, it got pretty close. It was a uh, final, final round, uh, one or final match, one round apiece. piece. He said, I got it with uh, about a quarter health to spare. And we're like, yeah, woo, I did it. And then I asked him, so is there any prizes? And they go, I'm sorry. Like, well, I won the tournament. Is there not a prize for this? He's like, oh, uh, uh, we didn't think of this far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a. They gave me a twenty dollars gift card. No, that's cool. Wait, you got <laughs> something. Bought, that, that, that's cool. Bought, they did that, and I bought StarCraft two with it. <laughs> no, I, I mean that's cool. Though. I they, didn't they did even something. get I, and it was funny because it was Mortal Kombat nine for my friend, so I didn't get enough money to buy Mortal Kombat nine. So I won the tournament. <laughs> so I left there without Mortal Kombat nine, winning a Mortal Kombat nine tournament. Oh, the irony! <laughs> so we went to his house and beat the game. <laughs> No, that that's good. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you a fun story. This one goes way back to when Cog and I were still school aged. We got Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance on the PS2, oh boy. and that oh is boy. a good game. We played so much Deadly Alliance. Mm -hmm. So I got really good with Bo Raicho, who is a very interesting character. He's a drunken master, and one of his special moves is to just throw up on the floor and if another character steps in it they start slipping on it the same way they do with Sub-Zero's ice attacks and the thing is I discovered <laughs> that Kong has a really weak stomach to that move so I would just use his throwing up abilities like constantly and he was like no dude you have to stop I literally can't handle it <laughs> Oh no. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is a game where we're like buzzsawing people's heads off and ripping out their spinal columns. But the fat guy throwing up is where you have to draw a line. 
I don't think it's more of a line. I think it's actually like, um, <laughs> I think it's just like a reflex for some people. Yeah, it was, like, it was that was my psychological attack, <laughs> Deadly Alliance. And he's like, no, dude, you can't play Bull Ride Show anymore. <laughs> so I had to get good as Kung Lao instead. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not a bad character though. Kung Lao is pretty cool. Oh no, I love Kung Lao. It's really good with him and Sub Zero and uh, Frost, who I think was only in Deadly Premonition, not Deadly Premonition, Deadly Alliance, not Deadly Premonition. That is a completely different game. <laughs> it's a very, very different game. That would be very interesting if Frost showed up in something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever get to that tangent? Am I forgetting? Uh, yeah, the, the tangent was the Monster Rancher tournament. So yeah, we're good. okay. Yep. Okay, good. I was my brain was just like I. I believe you talked about a tangent. I think we tangent yeah. off to the off the tangent. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that's just us on any given day. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. No. Definitely. And um, I'll tell you a, a small cute story from many many years ago. I was over visiting a friend, and she and her sister and her mom. Uh, we were playing Super Mario World on the Wii uh, because they had the virtual console version. And they were all like, oh, we're all really bad at the game, but you grew up with this game. And I was like, yes, I had this game. I 100%ed it. Uh, I'm very familiar with the game. And there was a bit where I had like one block of clearance and a Mondo Mole comes in on the screen. And I had no power up to defeat it. I was just, you know, big Mario. So I was, they were all like freaking out, like, oh, you're going to take damage. You're going to get hit. So I crouch jumped onto its head and then jumped repeatedly in the one block available space I had to get over him. And it was, they were just like, oh my God, you're so good at games. And I was like, not really. That's a rookie trick. <laughs> a, a lot of um, skill moments really do boil down to context is kind of the moral of the story on that. But it was a cute mm-hmm. reaction, and I appreciated the the enthusiasm they had for my mediocre activity. <laughs> and I'm talking about really old school. I'm going to go all the way back to when I was a tiny snack. Because one of... I mentioned this before. One of the few games I could get my mother to play with me was Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo. Now, the other game she would play was uh, Mystery Pinball Behind the Mask for the Super Nintendo. And it was the one game my sister and my father would play. It was like the one game I could get them to play. And like, of course, like pinball, it's a very simple concept. Anyone can pick it up and play it. And it was such a battle for that top score point. (laughs) We get competitive. I come from a very competitive family. You guys don't even know. Like, we get heated over games of Yahtzee or Dominoes. It was that competitive. Uh, that that scoreboard rapidly changed who the top scorer was. Like, frequently. <laughs> it sounds like uh, some of my friends when we played Mario Party on some of those <laughs> games. Especially the button-mashing games. Oh, oh man. Oh, God. We were, I, 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 I believe at one point, I don't know, I, I might be hyped a little bit, but I, I believe we might have broken some world records at one point before, <laughs> or we know we actually broke world records at the time because, oh my gosh, the amount of, the amount of uh, button mashing, I'm surprised controllers weren't breaking at the time when we were playing those games. <laughs> Ugh. 
Mario Party is a is a good uh, uh, Mario Party is a uh, a very good uh, game and it does test your friendship a little bit. It, unfortunately, I still am waiting for us to get together and play the ultimate friend destroyer known as Uno. Oh jeez, <laughs> the, 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 the end of the Tomo Bros will not be a bang, but a freaking Uno reverse card. If you want to make it a bang, I know an even better game, but. <laughs> What, like Gang Beasts? No. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was released on Steam recently. I can't remember the name. And it was uh, Dokapon Kingdom. That game oh. will will get will get will get people heated. I have seen I have seen the uh, I have seen the rage that game can can create. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about rage? I have I have one for you. Way back in the day, I had the PS One version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure: Heritage to the Future. This game is jank. Like, basically every character shy of Kakyoin can be busted if you know how to pilot them properly. So, during uh, for context, way back even further than my owning this game, there was a website called albinoblacksheep.com. It was a place where you could host Flash animations. And one of the Flash animations they had, I think it was called something like Muda Muda or something, and it was little stick figures reenacting the battle cries of various JoJo stands from Parts 3 and Parts 5, because those were the only ones that had video games at the time, so they were the only ones that had sound bites. And they had a very particular combo for one Dio Brando The World, where he would stop time, throw two sets of knives, and then end it with him dropping the steamroller on his target. So during a match, I decide I am going to do this. I am going to endanger my friendship with Ditaku. <laughs> and he was playing Jotaro, I believe. And I actually did it. I did the combo perfectly. I stopped time. I threw two sets of knives and I pulled off the steamroller with just enough energy to spare and pull off the combo. And he was actually like ready to physically hit me. <laughs> in real life. It's like, no, you are not about to do that combo. Stop, Snack. No, stop. <laughs> like, it's too late. I have already started. I cannot stop now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh. oh, man. Uh. I haven't... Um... I, was, I have a lot of, uh, we play a lot of Smash and other fighting games with friends. None ever gotten that kind of crazy, but <laughs> I did, uh, I did as I have always, I, everyone has their own way of learning games. Fighting games is one of those things where you kind of, as people put it, it's like, well, when do I get good? It's when you've lost at least a thousand times in the beginning, because you're trying to figure out what is going on, whether you're fighting a computer or you're fighting the, uh, an actual player. That checks out. I did want to get good playing uh, other people, stuff like that, learning the game. Yeah. But I had my, uh, I had my other buddy, uh, my fighting game buddy uh, come over and we started playing and he played M Bison and not my, not the reason why I, um, have a thing for boss characters. Uh, we were playing the street fighter, uh, four at the time. All right. And I remember him just sitting there and just all he would do is just beat on my character over and over and over again. And, and so, and then as slowly over time, I started learning how to stop him from doing stuff. And then I was, and then we, uh, I mean, it took, you know, hours and hours. <laughs> it was say, some people say that doesn't sound very fun. And I'm like, it, it might, like we were having fun doing it and him teaching me the game itself. Wasn't very probably enjoyable to watch. Of course. <laughs> 
be over and over again, but the uh, the 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 outcome of it that I got to is that I can I can pretty much play any fighting game I want at a consistent level now because I have that kind of mindset and I have the mindset and the and the fundamentals necessary to do that now. Now, uh, some people are, uh, some people don't work that way, and I completely understand it. But uh, like, uh, that's why when I continue to tell stories, I'm like, this is how. Like, when I tell people, like, how do I, how do we need to learn? How how can you teach me? And I'm like, it's going to take hours, and you're going to hurt really bad. And it's like that's because it's the only way I know how to train. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a. Uh, I don't know. It's just like I don't know. Say self torture in certain ways until you get good. Like oh, you're fighting that Dark Soul boss over a thousand times until you finally beat him. I know. <laughs> I, I can raise you one beyond Dark Souls. Let me tell you about a little game known as Dwarf Fortress. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this game, for those who don't know, Dwarf Fortress does not have a win condition, and it has about five or six lose conditions. So. It's a god game where you have you start with seven inebriated little dwarves and they need to get rich or die, one or the other. Probably both. And your this game is so complex that the company that wrote the official strategy guide book for Dwarf Fortress is not a company known for gaming manuals. They're known for technical coding instruction manuals. That is how complicated Dwarf Fortress be. And I had a fort, which was actually called Act Razors, I believe, because that name just tickled me to no end. And I had an okay civilization. We were kind of in the frozen mountain ranges, so I didn't have a whole lot of resources. We were on and off starving, depending on when summer came and caused a temporary thaw to allow us to do something. But it was a bad starting location, and the fort probably wasn't going to last too long. Anyway, I had a goblin invasion, and my malnourished, underprepared army, and the fact that I didn't know how to get metal... <laughs> <laughs> probably complicated matters way more than it needed to. So it's very sad to hear that a dwarf doesn't know how to mine metal out of the yeah, earth. <laughs> uh, it was early in my gameplay hours. I had no idea what I was doing. And, and Dwarf Fortress technically has a tutorial, but it's not really that good of one. And the wiki exists for good reason. So these goblins bust in and they knock our, our doors down using their obedient troll slaves. And everyone just kind of starts getting slaughtered left and right. It's really not much of a fight. The goblins are armed. We're not. We're starving to death. Everyone was already in a bad mood anyway, so just punching random goblins seemed like the right thing to do anyway. There was one dwarf, however, who decided to rise above. And this dwarf in the wake of the death of the actual mayor of Actraisers, declared himself mayor of Actraisers mid-invasion and decided that he would wrestle with a troll. And did a really good job. <laughs> I don't think he had levels in wrestling, but I think by the time this battle was over, he probably did, because he did some crazy stuff that probably involved either divine intervention or the luck of the devil himself. Because the, the troll, the first thing this troll did was gore this dwarf, and his entrails literally spilt out on the floor. The mayor, seemingly unfazed by the fact that this just happened, 
stuffed them back in, jumped on the troll's head, and started ripping individual teeth out one by one. And the the troll was like, oh, okay, if you're going to do that, I'll just tear your guts out again. And so he did. And the dwarf, largely just annoyed, stuffs them back in and breaks both the troll's legs. I watched this go on. Everything else in the fort is dead, on fire, or about to be both. There's really not a whole lot of anything happening anymore, except this mare. And this mare <laughs> snaps the troll's neck. And at this point, I believe he's missing an arm, and at least, like, either his leg was lame to the point where he'd never walk again, or it was just gone. I forget which it was. <laughs> And he goes to their storage, grabs a barrel of booze, drags it back with him, locks himself in the mayor's office, and just sits down and dies sitting there after having downed his, his barrel of mushroom wine. And I was like, yes, you are the one true mayor of Act Razors, because you are the only dwarf in this fort that earned his position. <laughs> I find it funny when I listen to these stories because it's just like there isn't a lot of human intervention, it sounds like, in this game. It's just like the game is just like kind of almost telling you like a just a story at this point. It, it, sometimes yeah. it goes outside of your control. You can tell, you can give the dwarves orders. You can say, hey, I want this room dug out. And they will, but how they do it and what they do it with is completely on them. So you'll have these things where, like, at this point, I didn't know what to do because I didn't know the military mechanics and military mechanics and dwarf fortress are kind of yeah, on a good day. This dwarf just decided that he had had enough. He was going to be mayor and he was going to take the fight to them. I was not controlling this dwarf, to be clear. He was doing it on his own AI. I wasn't even giving orders. I was too mortified to give orders because everything was dead. And when you have just one dwarf, you're pretty much assuming that you're done with that fort anyway. But watching him kill the troll, go grab a barrel of booze, and very slowly drag it back to his newly self-proclaimed office and die, basically sitting upright in the chair, was just like... This is shonen battle manga from the 80s level stuff right here. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Jeez. <laughs> Dwarf Fortress is a very hard game to get into, but if you do get into it, you will see some magical things happen. Like the time in my fort, I discovered a vast cavern system beneath where I had settled in. And humans were coming from miles around saying, hey, you guys are really cool. Do you guys need like monster hunters? And I was like, yes, because there's a mechanic where non-dwarves can come to your fort and they'll offer you a contract. And they'll be like, I'll do this job for X amount of time. And then I'll become a permanent resident of your fort, an actual citizen of your fort, even if they're not dwarves. And humans and dwarves typically have very good working relations. So I was just like, sure, <laughs> we'll give you guys a bedroom and everything. And these guys went down this giant lost beast, a titan that's found underground. A giant crab monster named Vera showed up. And Vera... <laughs> was angry, and she wanted to just charge straight into the spiral stairwell that I had drilled down into the catacombs. 
lacking a better army, but I had some ar- some archers and some military dwarves. But the largest fighting force I had were all these human mercenaries who just moved in, and I decided they were cool enough to stay. They swamped Vera. They tore her legs off and slaughtered her on the stairwell without losing a single man. And so I go, that, that's a giant crab, is it not? I notice a lot of dwarves running down the stairs very suddenly. And I'm like, what, what's exactly going on? And I look at what these dwarves have in their hands, and they're individually removing legs and claws off Vera and carrying them up to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and they cooked her <laughs> and prepped her and turned her into about, I think it was three or 4,000 units of seafood. God damn. We had metal. We had so much seafood and so many shells. We had like every single one of our artifacts from then going forward was decorated with Vera's shell. <laughs> Because we just had so much just laying around everywhere. And shell is valuable, especially if it's from a lost beast. So like everything, every single artifact we had from then going forward was decorated with Vera's crab shell. (laughs) And we ate her. (laughs) We ate a lost beast. That is crazy. No, I don't think, I personally don't think I have a story that tops that. (laughs) It's like Dwarf Fortress and uh, I can't remember that other. It's a, it's a, another game that a lot of people like to play. It's a, you, it's like you're crash land on a planet and you have to survive. Oh, uh, Rim, uh, Rimworld. Rimworld. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of crazy stories about Rimworld as yes. well. Oh, Taku got one. me that game. I'm still working at getting good at it, but I hope to have some fun stories about that in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, for me... Um, as I, as uh, if people who listen to the podcast, they'll know that I am a big MMO player. Um, I do have a couple of MMO stories that sure. I'm not going to share all of them because I <laughs> would be here for, for days. Um, the most prominent ones I remember was back a couple uh, a, uh, a few years ago when uh, Wrath of the Lich King came out. Um, I was heavily into World of Warcraft at the time. I was playing in the wee hours on a laptop. Um, and we were doing a raid, and it was we're fighting a boss named Thaddeus in a dungeon called Naxxramas. Uh, not the original again, this is Dutch King, not not original Warcraft. I wasn't that hardcore of a raider because, <laughs> <laughs> for context, Naxxramas before it moves over to Northrend, which is the new area in Wrath of Lich King, is a lot harder. All it's right. like it's like the end game of end games, and you also get some of the coolest lore and cool weapons out of it, too. All but, right. To, to move on, um, we were fighting him, and there's a mechanic where he polarizes the group, and you have a positive and a negative. Uh, the positives go on one side and hit the group together, and the negatives go on the other side and group together. If you're grouped together with them, you get a big damage bonus. He has millions of health, if I remember correct. I think it's millions, but you get such a big damage boost, your your numbers are doing amount the amount of damage that you need to kill him. All right. Um. 
somebody messed up and someone crossed the the polarities and exploded and we lost a bunch of people during the last like five percent of his hp and the problem is we started losing healers and tanks as 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 you know that's a very very big problem right um we got to the point where we're just fighting on dps alone we got him to about one hp it was like four of us left and like a healer and i ended up grabbing aggro as a warlock and I was just using curses and drain life. He hadn't hit in rage timer, so I wasn't getting one shotted, but it was hurting a lot. Hmm. And I was, as me and these four people, well, uh, were able to defeat him at one percent because I just survived <laughs> long enough. The healer, to his to, to their credit, was healing the absolute living out of me. He he was like, "You will not die. We will not fail this uh, this dungeon. We're not going to spend another two hours trying to get over here. Not two hours. I'm I'm exaggerating that, but we're not going to spend the time to run back over here and do this again. Right. And and we were able to do it. And I was just like, I felt so good after. I was like, I I helped save. The raid. I was one of the few people who lived. <laughs> I don't remember if I got any loot out of that fight, but I do remember getting some nice loot from uh, one of the other bosses we were fighting. So it was a really good raid, that one. Nice. Um, and then uh, the one I'll tell about Eve uh, was one that was really uh, so this one's going to be kind of weird because it's because uh, there's a lot of context needs involved. Eve is a space sim, a MMO space sim game. You play as a pilot in a spaceship. You have multiple spaceships you can buy. Uh, the 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 information you need to know is that I used to run with a bunch of people who used to live in wormholes. Wormholes, pretty much as as you can think of as as sci-fi goes, you jump into a wormhole. The wormhole takes you to a different part of space. Sometimes it's like a million, billion, zillion miles away or, or light years away from where you originally started. Right. Uh, that was the concept of a wormhole back then. Is it either took you to a different part of the game world or it took you into a your own pocket dimension, as one would put it. And there's a bunch of these little pocket dimensions you can go into, but there's only a few amounts. So there's only there's only a there's only so many. It's not like millions there's not like infinite amount of them okay so there was there's different tiers i think there were one to five if i remember correctly um a bunch of people who uh, i was in a like level three or two with my uh, corporation i didn't run it it was a friend's corporation and an alliance the people in level five were claiming level fours and threes and trying to like they're trying to create pretty much a giant monopoly of wormholes uh they're pretty much under their rules, so they get all the money. They get a, a portion of the money made in that wormhole, or else they blow you up, pretty much. And they're a really big, strong faction faction of alliances that were doing this. Uh, a lot of us didn't like it, so we formed a conglomerate, and we set up a large fighting fleet to attack one of their main uh, main uh, bases in a wormhole. Someone was able to find one. All jumped in, and we sat and we waited there for, like I think, a good two three hours <laughs> until we uh until the main shields came down on their and we started and uh, we were going to attack and then they had super carriers and dreadnoughts <laughs> in that which uh in uh, which is what i would say is like the biggest ships in the game they're end game ships if you do not have a dreadnought or a super carrier yourself just just lay down and die <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Uh, we tried anyways to good effect. We we did do a, a good amount of damage to their resources. We did lose more, but a lot of it was was projected losses. We were expecting to lose a lot. The whole point of it was to show that if they 
continued this this uh monop this monopolization that you know they're going to be met with force Worse. And it was a very, very funny. I also sped through like at least another two hours of exposition I was going to go through, but it was a very, very fun experience. Uh, I believe we might have made the Eve News at one point huh. I mean, um, because it was a big thing, which was just, you know, hey, you know, this we're not going to take this lying down. You're going to you're going to lose a lot of stuff if you keep trying to do this because you can't because you can't. You generally can't have people on twenty four seven unless your group is that big, which they might have been. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't really. I was all I heard was, "Hey, we joined this conglomerate. We're going to help them out, fight these guys." I was prepared to die. <laughs> you know, sometimes your only option is overwhelming, overwhelming force, right? Yeah, and uh, well enough, and well enough, they did stop. They ended up, uh, they ended up stopping and uh, re and. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pretty much just abandoning certain uh, certain spaces and kind of going back to their own thing a little bit. It, but they kind of they did keep some of the stuff, and I think more fights ended up that we didn't join. But that was just mostly of the other people trying to get their uh, their wormholes back. Um, <clears throat> it was a very very fun. Very funny, fun experience. Unfortunately, I can't recommend the game right now as as it is right now. I was told from a multiple friends who've played the game that it is not in a good state right now. Now, unfortunately, with how they're doing stuff, um, I don't know if it's just age or people who are or the the age or or you know the new people are running the game and it's not as good as it was before. But right. you know, it is what it is. We have the memories of what we have. So yeah, and sometimes that's the <clears throat> best thing, though. Mm. Um, that's kind of really. I mean, I probably have a. I mean, we have the Final Fantasy stuff too, but we oh, all yeah. that'll be its own video. That to, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty much at that point. So that, that's a lot oh. to bite into because we have head cannons, background characters, and mm. a lot of stuff to dig through. In fact, uh, let's call it today's episode here. Because this is yeah. definitely going to be something of a series, something that we'll uh, revisit periodically in future episodes as well. But, uh, exactly. So th- thank you for, for joining us, Master Clockwork. Anytime. Of course. And uh, as I said, we had to talk earlier, and, and he got to share a little bit in the early legs of the video. So uh, thank you. Master Nitaku in the future when you watch this episode uh, for sharing even that little bit before real life called you away. And uh, everyone at home, please like, comment, and subscribe. In fact, down in the comments, tell us your gaming stories. We, we love to hear them. We'd love to see how they compare to some of ours, or maybe you had similar experiences. Uh, who knows? Tell us tell us what you guys got, got to give us. So uh, thanks for joining us here today, and we will see you guys in the next one. Later. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Inside Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.